Thank you, Pastor Katie. We um, continuing on in our sermon series, uh, New Year, Same Mission. And the mission here at Pinehurst United Methodist Church is to cultivate more disciples and deeper disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our community and the world. And so we're focusing on uh, different words that are in that mission statement for several weeks. And today we're going to talk about what is a deeper disciple, what may that look like for us. Um, I'm going to today try to make the distinction between disciples and deeper disciples by saying that a disciple is one who follows Jesus Christ, but a deeper disciple follows Jesus Christ so closely that they cannot help but to shine. All right? Now, the scripture that's printed in the bulletin is wrong. When I put it in this week, I put in the wrong chapter. And so if you're uh, reading along in your, in your own Bible at home or uh, here in the sanctuary, it's actually Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. That is my fault. Sorry about that. Uh, but I do believe the words on the screen are going to be correct. Either way, this is what it is. All right? All right. This is Jesus talking. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, uh, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that in this moment we can hear with clarity what it is that you would have us to hear today. And as a result of hearing it, as a result of your Spirit's presence in our life, we pray that as we go forth from this place, we can't help but to shine. We ask that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. Most of y'all probably remember hearing about that one time that uh, Moses came down from the mountain and he was radiating. Remember that? Moses had gone up to the mountain to have a conversation with God up on, on the holy mountain. And Moses was there and Moses was, was talking to God and, and God was giving Moses some instruction. And then uh, Moses come, uh, came down from the mountain after this, this close encounter with God and he, he brought the word to the Israelite people that they needed to receive. And he was so bright, so bright and bedazzled <laughs> that the Israelite people, were, they were scared. They were scared something fierce. And, and so every time that Moses came back down from one of his conversations with God, he actually had to wear a, a veil over his face so that they would not be terrified because of just how bright he was. 
And later on in the scriptures, uh, much, much, much later, long after Moses is, is, is dead, we see uh, Moses arrive again in, in glorious splendor. It is he and the prophet Elijah who are once again up on the mountain uh, in this glorious splendor when Jesus goes up on the mountain to reveal his divine nature to his disciples through his transfiguration. You remember how, how Jesus' divine nature was revealed in that transfiguration? He was shining. He was radiating. He was, he was, he was bright, blinded by the light. The disciples in that moment, they say, Lord, it is good that we get to see you shine like this. Let us build a house for you and, and one for Moses and one for Elijah, and uh, we'll come up here and, and visit from time to time. Maybe their intention of wanting to do so was, was to lock God down to one place, or, or maybe they thought that if they just kept, if they keep coming back to the mountain to visit, it would be more likely that they would be able to shine like Jesus and Moses and Elijah. But Jesus tells them, no, there's no need to build any houses. It's time to go back down from the mountain. Moses shines because of his closeness to God in life and in death. Jesus shines because Jesus is God in the flesh. And later on, with the Holy Spirit in the picture, all are given access. All are given access to what they need without having to visit any particular house on any particular mountain so that they too can shine. That's right. We too can shine. Right there in, in the greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus tells the audience there and the audience here that we are the light of the world. Now notice how Jesus says it. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Jesus does not say, you can be the light of the world. He doesn't say, you should be the light of the world, or you might just be the light of the world. Now, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And he's talking about us, you, me, us. We are the light of the world, made to shine for others and the world. Well, friends, how bedazzled do you feel? A few hundred years ago, there was this fellow named Seraphim. Seraphim, we're gonna call him Fim for short, okay? So Fim dedicated his life to getting as close to God as he possibly could. To limit the distractions, Fim moved out into the wild. He became a hermit of sorts. I'm not suggesting that any of us do that to get closer to God, but that's what Fim did, and it worked. Fim got real close to God, just like, like Moses and, and the others. He got so close to God in nature that he even received the ability to communicate with bears, there's actual 
recordings of nuns who said that they witnessed a film having actual conversations with a bear. So there's this other guy, and he's kind of like a, a student or a, a reporter, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to call him Nick. So Nick, he, he knows what Fem's got going on spiritually, and Nick decides he wants to get some of that too. And so he, he goes out and has a conversation with Fem because he just can't get there spiritually on his own. So he goes to Fem to try to crack the code. And so they have a conversation one day. And Nick goes home after the conversation, and he journals about it. He writes it all down, and uh, it is passed down through church history to where we have a recording of what happened that day. Now, here's some of it. This is Nick writing about his interaction with them out there in the wilderness. He says, it was Thursday. The day was gloomy. The snow laid eight inches deep on the ground. And the dry, crisp snowflakes were falling thickly from the sky when Father Seraphim began his conversation with me in a field adjoining his near hermitage, opposite the river Soraka at the foot of the hill, which slopes down to the riverbank. He sat me on a stump of a tree, which he had just felled, and he himself squatted opposite of me. The Lord has revealed to me, said the great elder, that in your childhood you had a great desire to know the aim of our Christian life and that you continually ask many great spiritual persons about it. Nick says, I must say here that from the age of 12, this thought had constantly troubled me. I had, in fact, approached many clergy about it, but their answers had not satisfied me, and this was not known to the elder. But no one, continued Father Seraphim, has given you a precise answer. They have said to you, go to church, pray to God, do the commandments of God, do good. That is the aim of Christian life. Some were even indigent with you for being preoccupied with profane curiosity and said to you, do not seek things that are beyond you. But they did not speak as they should. And now poor Seraphim will explain to you and what this aim really consists. Prayer, fasting, vigil, and all other Christian activities, however good they may be in themselves, do not constitute the aim of Christian life. Although they serve as indispensable means of reaching this end, the true aim of our Christian life consists in the acquisition of the Holy Spirit of God. hear that? The true aim of the Christian life consists in the acquisition of the Holy Spirit, he said. All these other good activities that we do as disciples, they are a means of grace, a means of acquisition. Well, the conversation continues between Fim and, and, and Nick, and I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but at one point toward the end of their talk, Fim tells Nick, he says, the Holy Spirit is here with us now. The Holy Spirit is upon us. And Fim says to Nick, he says, look at me. But Nick says, I, I, I can't look at you. I can't look at you. You're, you're, you're radiating. You're too bright. It hurts my eyes to look at you. But Fim says in response, he says, Nick, you can look at me because you shine too. 
And since you are shining, and since I am shining, the Holy Spirit is here, and it is good. And Nick goes on to write that, that the Spirit remained with them the rest of their time together, as did the glow, the radiance, the illumination. It's quite the story. You know, we, we hear these stories with our modern minds and our enlightenment. And most of us hear the story and we say, what a load of manure. Talks to bears. Shines like a disco ball. But if it happened to Moses... It happened to Jesus. And if Jesus said that through the Holy Spirit, things like this would always be possible, then why is it that we don't see more people shining? Why don't we shine more? After all, our Savior did say that we are the light of the world. If we don't feel all that shiny, then Maybe, maybe it is due to our not being close enough to the source of light. Maybe, as disciples of Jesus who do Jesus' stuff, maybe we still lack the deep relationship, the deep closeness with God that is necessary for us to truly shine. Maybe, maybe we do, in fact, plug into the source of light and life but we do so through a complex uh, series of extension cords. And maybe what is needed for us to shine brighter is to, to get rid of all the cords and just plug right on into the source. You see, it is only through a deep and meaningful relationship with God that we can truly tap into the power to shine. And it must come from closeness we can do all the Christian activities that we are supposed to do and yet remain dull and dim if we are not deeply rooted in a real relationship with God. But the good news is, because of the spirit of life and truth and light, it is possible to have such closeness with God. It doesn't have to be a supernatural thing, friends. It can be. It doesn't have to be. Whatever it is, it must happen because we are deeply rooted in our relationship with God. Whatever shining we do must happen because we are enabled and empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit. You know, when we go out into the world, people should look at us and say, Something's different about that one. They should look at us and, and, and say, something about this one's different. People should do what, 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 what old Nick did in, in, in his wanting to, to, to see what Fem had going on. They, they should want to do that with us. I want to know what they're doing in their life that makes them seem so different in a good way. 
They should be moved to want to know what we got going on because of our glow. If we all collectively take the time to intentionally grow closer in our relationship with God, we wouldn't have to pay Duke Energy a dime to light this place. People ride by on Airport Road every Sunday morning calling 911. That building is glowing. Surely it must be on fire. It's possible. It's possible, friends. And it, it, it may be happening to some degree already. That too is good news. As we live into this mission of ours, let us work real hard on falling more and more in love with God. Let's allow the Spirit of, of God to rain down on us. Let's submit ourselves to God's authority and leading. Let's continue to do the next right thing for the next right reason. Let's catch that Holy Spirit fire so that the rest of Moore County and the world can watch us glow. Disciples, they follow Jesus and they do Jesus things everywhere they go. But deeper disciples not only follow Jesus and do Jesus things, but they fall in love with Jesus. And that love, reciprocated, changes the world deeply, one bright moment at a time. That's something that I want to be a part of. I hope you do too. Let us pray. God, we simply pray that as we go about doing the things that we have been called to do, that, that you would light us up. Light us up, Lord. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people say, amen.